0: The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favourite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie, The Big Bark. Hello and a huge welcome to The Big Bark Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Burke, and... I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie, who are floating around, as per usual, somewhere, not exactly sure We are probably in bed. Uh, funny story, Millie is shedding quite a lot at the moment. I uh, have spent the bones of three to four hours over the last week trying to like get all this loose hair off her. Uh, Unfortunately, it's coming off on the bed. It's coming off on the couch. My house is now like a blanket everywhere of milli hair. Now, if there's any, um, I suppose, clothesy, makey people, whatever you... I don't know what you call those people. But if there's any of those who want to make a coat or uh, challenge themselves to make a coat or a dog hair... Be my guest. We'll probably have the bones of six or seven hoover bags full within the next couple of weeks because Millie is shedding quite a lot. In good news, Millie is not so smelly anymore. Uh the wonderful food that we have her on, which is called Nedur, and it is available from Pet Stop uh all pet stop stores you can buy on petstop.ie or you can go into a pet stop store and you can buy it there uh it is a great great food and i'll just give you an idea of what flavors are available so it is a brand that is available only in pet stop there is duck there is salmon and there is chicken I believe. So, yes, you have duck, you have chicken, you have salmon. Uh, I think that's three foods. It's incredible food. It is roughly, the chicken one is, I believe, 75% chicken. 71% chicken, 29% food. Very, very nutritious. Now, unfortunately, they still like to have a bit of extra meat on it while I try and get them over fully to the food. They, um, they don't exactly like when I hand down a ball with just nuts. Millie kind of lose the lose the plot a small bit. at me in small actually. She actually barted me and she told me no, give her give her nuts, uh, give her meat in her nuts. But they are loving the food, and I would definitely recommend to anyone. Not a paid ad or sponsorship by the way from Pet Stop. But I would highly recommend to anyone to give their food a try. They come in small little trial packs. They have uh, four kilo bags, I believe, and 12 kilo bags, which is what I picked up there yesterday. So, yeah, the doggies are delighted with it. And, sure, look, I'm glad there is no fatty fatty in the house anymore because... Millie fats are a different, I suppose, a different kind of fart altogether. You have, I know this is a weird topic to be talking about, but stick with me, because we're going to be talking on, kind of going from farts to shit in a few minutes, when we tell you about our next story. Uh, Millie farts, imagine being in a pub on a Saturday night, in a country pub at like that, on a Saturday night, and you have 10 old fellas there, or drinking Guinness. Now imagine going into the bathroom. With those 10 old fellas all at once. And the feckin' smell that will be inside. In that bathroom. That still does not compare to a Millie fat So the reason. We're kind of talking about Millie Fert Is because we're actually going to move forward. A bit. Uh, she is a lot better. Without the. Old crappy food. I had on. Now that she's on the door, Her. I suppose. She's a lot better. She's a lot healthier. I think she's lost a bit of weight too. I must put her up on scales. If she'll go up on it for me. Don't think she will though. But. She is doing. Much much better. And sure. She's um. I suppose a bit. Well. How do we go. How do we go put it. She's a bit uh. Better smelling than Now, here is something that is actually uh, a quite interesting one. Um, so, we're going, as I said, from like fatty, fatty to poop. And we all know, as responsible dog owners, that how important it is to clean up after your dogs. Many, many communities and towns now have dog bag dispensers. Muttmiss Island have put dog bag dispensers up in a lot of communities. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on our last episode. Now, obviously there's heavy fines there for your... If you don't clean up after your dog, you should be cleaned up after your dog. There's no, no freaking reason for it whatsoever. You should clean up after your dog. And this applies to everyone. And it also applies to members of the county. Because there was a court case just this week down in County down in the Rebel County, where a woman claimed a small dog belonging to a member of a gardenshare corner defecated on her lawn and that the owner would not pick up the feces. She made two complaints. To our different Ghana stations and to the Ghana Ombudsman. He, Ghana Brian Barrett, was prosecuted at Court District Court on counts of failing to control the dog under the Liver Act in relation to the feces. He pleaded uh, not guilty to both counts and denied his dog went to Ghana in the stage. Uh, the judge, uh, Joanne Carl, said it is important to know that the law applies to members of Nation Corner the way it applies to everyone else. Now, this doesn't just mean that, like, this is a name any garden and everyone should pick up after the dogs. Apparently, there was conflicting versions of events. Uh, I'm not actually sure if the guard actually got prosecuted or not. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Oh, here we go. So, the judge said in like evidence that the dog was responsible for a whistle for the owner the charge of failing to keep the dog under control was dismissed. She was not going to convict on the litman offence but said if the defendant made a... or she was going to convict, sorry, on the offense offence uh, but said if the defendant made a charitable contribution of €450 Euro, the case would be struck out instead of a €500 Euro fine being imposed. So, The bottom line here pick up your dogs. Poop. This applies to anyone. It applies if your dog goes into someone else's garden. We've had issues with that before. There are certain dogs who like to roam and like to come in and poop on our lawn. Uh, Now, I don't have a huge problem with that because Bruno and Millie like to do that on our own lawn anyway. They never do it on anyone else's lawn. But they do it on our own lawn, so, you know, like, it's kind of hard at times to know, like, whose poop is what. But we do clean up, and we do put into the sports responsibly, and I would encourage everybody to get a bag, uh, carry a bag with you, carry a poop bag with you. Get yourself a pack of muck mitts from our good friend, Kieran. Muckminster High E go on to the site, they're fairly cheap they're brilliant quality again, this is not a product bush, but these are, this and adore products that I do recommend myself, starting to feel a bit like a, I suppose <clears throat> what do you call those things those infomercials or those shopping TV kind of channels or something so on that note, I'm going to kind of switch gears a small bit and There is a nice little story, a giant six foot massive dog, that's taller than me for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not going to say how much taller than me, about half a foot, Uh, probably a bit more actually, a giant six foot massive dog called Basher, he's a two year old he's the size of a human, Uh, he's not, he's close enough to the size of a rugby player now alright like, uh, he spent most of his life in a rescue up until now. He was a 60-kilo pup who was rescued as a small stray in January 2020 but grew quickly and has always struggled to find an owner due to his massive size. When standing on his hind legs, he is an impressive 6 foot. So yes, the dog is taller than me. In fairness, most people are taller than me. And if you put more dogs on the hind on the hind legs, a lot of big dogs are taller than me. So let's let us let us keep after slagging for this one anyway. So he lived in the RSPCA Cornwall Kennels until his new owners picked him up this month, and he's now delighted that he has got a forever home. He's lucky actually to be adopted right now because obviously the cost of living, uh, rising bills, people working longer hours to pay their bills. There's a lot of animal welfare and rescues. They're struggling because people, unfortunately, are giving up their dogs. I know, I like, look, if it was me, and please don't go to town on me for this. But I would be giving up the child instead of giving up the dog. But we don't have any kids. So, look, for me, our dogs are our kids. And it's something I would never give up. Not an option for everyone, I know. But, like, just just think of it. Who costs more the dog and the child? I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that comes, but I don't really care. So okay, he's a big happy dog. He's in his new home. And sure he's he's happy out. And right, well, I suppose let's see. That's uh news story number two. New story number three. This one now, this this uh this woman has come under a lot of controversy lately because she apparently skipped the, old, uh, the queue to see the uh, late Queen Elizabeth while she was in like in reposing in that big Westminster place Um, I think that was it I'm not actually sure so forgive me if I'm uh, to anyone in the UK if I'm wrong on that uh, but she apparently skipped the queue but like, look, this is a doggy podcast. I don't give a damn about any of that. What I want to talk about is she shared a funny moment with her followers on Instagram. And had a fan smiling with a sweet video of her Golden retriever Bailey waking up like Chewbacca. So let's see. Can we find the video? Here we go. And I'm going to see if this will actually play. Um I'm not actually sure if it will, so let me just see if I can. And here we go, let's try this. Mm-hmm.
1: God bless you.
0: What? Not really sure if that your bock at all, but uh let's let's try it again. I and and I'm really not sure on that now. Uh that didn't exactly sound like Chewbacca to me. Um, let's just see. That was not exactly Chewbacca, but he's a gorgeous, a gorgeous, gorgeous golden retriever. And let's just see if we can. I don't know if we can get this up here. Because I'm trying to figure out, was that Chewbacca? I'm not a really big Star Wars person. So if anyone tells me that sounds like Chewbacca, so look, I'll believe you, lads. But, um, you know. Like let's have a quick check here. I'm gonna up to volume on this one I would will see. Here we go. God bless you. So would someone please uh maybe write in to us and tell us if that is what Chewbacca sounds like. Um from my own recollection from my younger days, what Star Wars, I don't actually think so. Uh what she said was, does anyone else's dog just captured say good morning in the style of Chewbacca with a cold? Apparently, this is what Chewbacca with a cold sounds like. And apparently, Bailey. Bailey is probably one of the most common names for dogs. Uh, I was caught and cam again up to mischief uh, in the family's back garden earlier this year. Uh, let's see. So okay, well look, we know that there's plenty of dogs online to go to mischief. I think one of my favourite dogs online to watch and I think Jen would definitely agree with me on this, it's one thing that we love to see, and that is Andrew, who is Carl Mullen's dog, and Carl Mullen does some like brilliant clips and stuff online and let me just see if we can find any uh, clip here of Angie I'm not really sure uh, Carl used to do a thing called morning walks and every, everyone will know Carl because he's on 2 uh, them in the mornings with Dorica and apologies if i wrong but Doreen I believe uh, but he's on like 2 them in the mornings with them 2 on the back for sure and yeah so, definitely check out Carl Mullen over on Instagram and check out his beautiful dog, Angie. There's plenty of videos there of Angie tearing the absolute crap out of the gun. And you'll find so many other funny videos there as well with Carl. <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, that's kind of like a lot of our, say, funny, newsy stuff out of the way. What we're going to talk to ne- about next is we're going over to the Health Hub with Treaty Veterinary Clinic in Limerick and we're going to be talking a bit about toxins and we'll have a little check on that. So stick with me and we'll be right back after this.
2: Do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, Vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24 hour number, 061 328 511, or make an appointment through our website, www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com, or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Pride sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark,
0: and welcome back to the Health Hub, brought to you by Treey Vets, and we are joined once again again today by Dr. Siobhan O'Neill. Siobhan, welcome back to the show.
3: Sarah, thanks for having me back.
0: Not a problem. And Siobhan, okay, so we've in the last few weeks we talked about back to school, and the last a you animals we talked about lumps and bumps and what to watch out for there. And today yeah. is, I suppose, is one that is something that a lot of people don't think of, uh, but it will be the topic of toxins. And you can find toxins in food, you can find toxins in substances around your home, and there's so many, yeah. I suppose, things that are I suppose, toxic for your dog that a lot of people don't think of. So would you take us through some of the main ones of those?
3: Yeah, of course. So I'm just going to go through kind of the main ones. Um, First of all, um, the food, food toxins. And then we can talk about some environmental toxins. Um, So um, the first one, I'm sure everybody knows chocolate. Um, Chocolate is, is very, very, very toxic to dogs. And I think by now at this stage, nobody gives their dog chocolate. The dog always finds the chocolate or um, gets it off the child or something like that. And we saw it so many times this summer, I can't tell you. But people were so quick enough to act that they had the dog down to the vet within half an hour of the dog ingesting the chocolate. And we were able to make the dog vomit and copious amounts of chocolate would come up if the dog got into, the say, into the chocolate press or... Um, again, at Easter time now, we're, this would be a big thing that, you know, the dog gets into the Easter eggs, or if you leave your bar of chocolate, your jar, your big bar of chocolate on the coffee table at nighttime, and you go for, you go to the toilet and you come back and lo and behold, the chocolate bar is gone, paper and all, you need to ring the vet immediately. So there's a calculation that we can do um the the toxic su- substance in the chocolate is theobromine, and we can calculate the amount of theobromine that's in the chocolate compared to the dog's weight and we'll be able to tell you straight away if the dog needs to come in and we need to make the dog sick or if the dog's okay now um if a big labrador ate one button or one smarty it's not going to make him sick but you still to always be cautious so always call the vet even if it's after hours just to make sure we'll be able to do the calculation in a few minutes and we can let you know what you need to do that's just one thing the other thing a lot of people don't know about is xylitol now xylitol maybe some people may have heard of it they may not have it's in all chewing gums but also it's in a lot of sweet things and basically it's like a binder it binds things together so any kind of sweets whatsoever um you know, fruit pastilles, or well, I'm, I don't know if it's in fruit pastilles, but any, you know, jelly sweets that children might have. Xylitol is, can be in this as well. And this is very toxic to dogs as well. It can cause tremors, it can cause vomiting, it can cause diarrhea. So always have a look. If you think that your dog is eating a sweet or some cake, even if it's a sponge cake or some jams or anything like that, something sweet, have a look at the ingredients. If there's xylitol in it, you need to call the vet. Then of course we have um the garlic onion family. All these are toxic to dogs. So if you if you're giving your dog a a little piece of onion from the dinner table, or if he gets at the plate after dinner and polishes off all the onions, again you need to get some advice. These are all toxic and can cause real serious gastrointestinal problems. Um, and then another one is certain types of nuts. You may people may not think this, but again, like people are allergic to nuts, many dogs are allergic to nuts and can have real anaphylactic reactions. So their whole throats can swell up. Um, so I I wouldn't advise giving any kind of nuts unless some dogs now you can give a tiny tiny piece of peanut butter to and see how they react to it. Generally, dogs aren't allergic to peanut butter, but you just have to give it tiny, tiny doses initially if it's the very first time and see how they react. But a big one would be a macadamia nut. A macadamia, macadamia nuts are very poisonous or toxic. So I would never, ever, ever give a macadamia nut now to a dog. Um, so that's kind of the big ones then with the food. Another thing is what I'll just say before we go off the food topic is um, moldy food or moldy bread. If you have like most people have the brown bins where you put all your food waste into, or even if you have your rubbish bin in the kitchen, um, the dog might sleep in the kitchen and if you food in there a day or two, especially in the hot weather during the summer um, or even in the winter when you have the central heating on, the food is going to go moldy if it's in the in the in the bin, any kind of mold at all, this is very toxic for the dog um You could wake up in the morning and the dog could be drooling a lot from the mouth, having really bad muscle tremors, and you're like, oh my God, what is going on? And then we always ask, you know, is there any way that the dog could have gotten at the bin? Is there any moldy food whatsoever? And you'd be surprised the amount of times that people are like, oh my God, yes, I could take it at the bin. Um, and yeah, it's something that happens a lot. So mold is a big, big thing. Moldy food, we have to be really careful of this. So, um, they're going of the main food ones, and I think a lot of people know this now. You know, grapes—you don't give your dog grapes or raisins or anything like that. Um, and if you just put into Google "toxic foods for dogs," you'll get a list up. Um, and it's just to be aware, you know, just be aware. But you see, it, the thing is that you have children in the house, so the children aren't going to know this, and the children are giving the dog a little piece of off their plate at dinner time unbeknownst to the to the busy parents um so that's something that we have to keep in mind as well and um, so then I'm going to move on quickly to environmental toxins so at this time of year a lot of people are spraying their gardens um with weed killer or roundup which I'm, not, I'm sure people aren't supposed to be using now um uh, anymore it's very very toxic to dogs it is obviously you spray it on the grass they can lick it from the grass but also they can inhale it um and it can cause this is this can be fatal. Um it causes serious vomiting, diarrhea, muscle tremors, and can lead to seizures and brain damage. Um so these are things that we need to be aware of as well. And then another thing is slug bait. Um many people are into their gardens now with the fine weather and during locked in as well. Everyone has a lovely garden. Um and people are putting down slug bait because slugs are pests. You don't want them eating your plants. Um, so they're toxic to slugs, but they're also toxic to your dog. So you've got to be careful there. Um, and then another one, another probably well-known one then is, is rat bait. I won't go into that too much. Obviously, it's very toxic. It's very poisonous to dogs. And if you don't get treatment, the dog will die. If it's a case that you you know that your dog has ingested or has eaten slug bait or has inhaled some... Weed killer or rat poison, or any of these, it's really helpful if you have, if possible, you have the ingredients. So you have the label or the packaging that you can bring it into us. So we know exactly what the dog has ingested, what drug it has ingested. And therefore we can know if there's, um, if what we can give to counteract this, or if there is an antidote, or um, what kind of treatment we need to proceed with. Um, so that's just kind of the environmental ones. And then another thing that I've seen a few times now, and people may not be aware of it, and always now we put on, on when people come in to get their flea and tick prevention, um, some people go for the topical version, which is, it goes on the back of the the back of the head. Um, some people go for the tablet form. It just depends on the preference. And, you know, some dogs will not take tablets, no matter what they try the owners just cannot put the tablet into them so they have to go with the topical version um and some people think look i'm just going to put it in the food it's easier so they open up the little capsule and they put, put the liquid onto the food the dog eats the food and next thing the dog is having a seizure so these are just things always read the label if you get something from the vet the vet will have exact instructions on how to apply the medication um whether it goes on the actual fur or on the coat of the pet or whether it's to be taken by mouth so that's another thing that's very important um and then another thing then with toxins is sometimes you could wake up in the morning the dog could be shaking tremoring you you've no idea what's going on you just have to get the dog to the vet and we'll ask you the questions and it might trigger something um you you could be like i have no idea what's happening it's having a seizure i don't know why it's having a seizure we'll rule out we'll t- first thing we'll do is try to rule out the causes of the seizure so we'll ask you we'll a really long history we'll probably ask you too many questions um and because we have to rule things out first of all we'll probably take a blood sample to rule out that there's nothing wrong with the kidneys or the liver that could cause the dog to be having these tremors or seizure like activity um and then if we've ruled all, that, ruled all that out, we'll still get you to go home, check the house. Have you sprayed the house with bleach? Have you sprayed any of the countertops? Have you, again, let's say any moldy food in the fridge? Um, have the children any Play-Doh or glitter or anything like that in the, play, in the playroom that the, the dog could have ingested? Um, these are all things that are, can be really, really helpful for us in our diagnosis um and again you know it's kind of supportive treatment then that we would do if the dog has ingested something if they have taken in a toxin more than likely um we will admit the dog to the hospital um and just treat the symptoms so every dog is different as and that's the, that's across the board um every dog will have different symptoms and we have to treat them accordingly um, but yeah, if you notice anything, even a bit of twitching, like if the dog, my, this happened to my own dog a few years ago, I woke up and I had a tin of um, cocoa powder and the cocoa powder tin had been chewed through. I don't even know how she got it out of the press. And she was really agitated. She was really jittery. And I was like, oh my God. Um, so, but I, again, I knew that this was a chocolate toxicity. So it was chocolate poisoning um her heart was racing she was you know she had a real arrhythmia so i had to bring her to to the vet straight away um i had to put her on fluids on so on a drip she had to stay on a drip for 24 hours we had to monitor her heart rate she was placed on an ecg um and thank god she was fine but i have seen dogs again with chocolate toxicity or coca um hot chocolate. Even if they got it a hot chocolate your drink, they love the hot chocolate, the marshmallows, the cream that's on top. Um it can cause re- their heart rates to fly. As if you'd had too much coffee yourself or too much caffeine, you can feel you can get heart palpitations and it can cause collapse and it can really be, you know, very stressful for the owner and very stressful for the animal. So again, these kind of things need to be addressed as soon as possible. You just and oh just make a phone call. Call the vet, call in, um And we can give you advice.
0: That's perfect, Siobhan. And thanks ever so much for all that. Very insightful information there. And we'll leave at that for today. And hopefully we'll have you back again on soon. We'll be taking a break after Halloween. And we'll have you back on again once we come back with Con.
3: Great. grand. thanks for having me, Dara.
0: No problem at all, Siobhan. Listen, uh, take care and thanks again. You too, take care. Bye now. All right.
2: you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061 328 511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic, proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark.
0: And a huge thanks once again there to Siobhan O'Neill, Dr. Siobhan O'Neill from Treaty Vets on the Health Hub. And... Yeah, so that was some very insightful information there. Uh, you would be surprised the amount of like stuff that you could have in your house that is toxic for your doggy, or for your cat, or whatever other animals that you have. Like, obviously, we all know chocolate is a big no-no, uh, but so many other like things that you would never think of. And it's great that we got that information there, that kind of idea of all the different like items not just food items but just household items as well that could cause issues for your puppy and knowing what to do as well when something like that could arise. So uh it is time now to talk about I suppose our festive our festive events that are coming up. And. To. Okay. So. Just to get into that. Uh, what we have. Okay. So. Right. Sorry. Got a bit distracted there. My phone rang in the middle of this uh, recording. Which. Is typical. And. So yeah, my phone rang just there, kind of halfway through, and you know, kind of last thing one happening when the recording. But yeah, uh, anyway, Christmas. Yes, uh, I can't believe I am once again talking about Christmas. I'm gonna play the music because the last day I had a load of people coming on about this asking what the beep are you playing Christmas music in September for? Well. Th- by the time this goes out it's October so it's probably acceptable and anyway uh, right just to give you an idea where we're at the website launches tomorrow on where we're going this on September so it launches tomorrow on October 1st what are we doing this year we are bringing back I believe in Santa Bars for 2022 and our charity partners that we announced last day are Limerick Animal Welfare and DSPCA in Dublin So they'll be the recipients of all funds. How are we raising funds this year? We are raising funds by the sale of our charity calendar once again. So our 2023 charity calendar. Uh, We are selling our charity Christmas cards for the first year as well. We will have a raffle and we will be accepting donations on our Christmas website. So everyone's been asking us how do you send your photos in we will have full details of that tomorrow on our website so our website full details of that will be on our Instagram tomorrow Uh, the website will be santapause.thebigbark.ie so that goes live on the 1st of October you will be able to submit your images, you will be able to pre-order your calendars, and you'll be able to pre-order your raffle tickets and your Christmas cards as well. So, uh, special price on pre-orders. It's a discounted price. I have full information on Instagram about that tomorrow. and We'll give you more information there too. And, well, that's pretty much all that there is to it. Get your orders in. Get your doggies' pictures in. Oh, for the Christmas cards, we are picking five or six doggies from all images and in of doggies in festive attire. So your doggies need to be in festive gear for the Christmas cards. So it can be under a Christmas tree, it can be wearing a Christmas hat, a Christmas jumper, sitting on Santa Paul's lap. It can be anything like that, but it has to be festive. For our calendar... It can be whatever you want. It can be whatever photo that you want of your doggy. The one thing we ask is that your doggy is not uh, with, like, another animal. Sorry, it's a dog calendar. And that uh, no humans are included in the photos either. Because, unless it's Santa Claus for the Christmas card one, because that, well, we can always crop or what we need to. But there should be no family members, no children, no humans at all in the in the hose for the calendar. It's a doggy calendar, not a human calendar. So get your hose in. Uh, we will have the submissions open for a, I believe, a two-week period. So probably three weeks. Uh, but yeah, we are a bit delayed on the actual, I suppose, orders uh, on the site and stuff. So I'll put up full details on this tomorrow. Uh, our dedicated website, Santa Paws. Dr. Big Back. I.E. That is where everything Christmas will be happening, including details of our raffle, details of how to donate, and how to order your Christmas cards and your charity calendars. So that's all I'm going to talk about today on Christmas because it is still over two months away and it's just we have to get these things organized unfortunately so yeah and uh, that's christmas out of the way next up we are going on over to our clever canine section with samantha roston of the canine college to chat a bit today about how samantha got on her day out at pups in the park stick around back after this and welcome back to the health.
2: Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standard, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie Or find us on Facebook for more information.
0: And we're back this week on Clever Canines. And we'd like to welcome back Samantha Rosson to the show. Samantha, how are you doing? I'm great, Dara. How are you? Doing great. Now, welcome back. Great to have you back on with us today. And first of all, I suppose this week what we're going to talk about is we all know that uh, Pups in the Park was held there a couple of weeks ago up in Malley Park. At the start of September, and it looked to be an absolutely brilliant day. I couldn't make it myself that weekend, but I'm hoping they're all going well. The next one I'll get to, which is probably sometime next summer. But Samantha, you were there on the Sunday, I believe.
1: I was there on the Sunday, Dara. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't make the Saturday either. But the Sunday, the weather was horrendous. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, people turned out, and and it was great to see people. But um. It was our first venture out to uh, Marley Park with my young pup, Rascal. And Rascal um, was only about, what was he, four months, four months old. He's five months old now, so he's only about four months old. And um, as I was taking him out of the van and going to, you know, the, the actual arena, um, he got a fright because a, a big kind of Labrador kind of mixed breed walked past the van just as I was taking him out of the van. And he got a terrible fright and he kind of ran under the van. And I kind of thought, oh, God, you know, here we go. Here am I going to give a talk to the public. And my own dog is terrified under the van. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we took our time. We coaxed him out under, from underneath the van, waiting until the other guy had gone past. And he came out and he was on a short little lead. So I immediately put him on a long line um, to give him some space. So he got such a fright. And it was really important that I was able to let him feel safe. So I just took it really, really slowly. Now, it was only literally a five minute walk from where the van was down to the arena. But it probably took us about 20 minutes because I just kept stopping. Every time he saw a dog or saw people or saw something new, he would stop and kind of have a good look. And I just let him stop and waited. And because he was on a long line, he was able to kind of, you know, move out of the way. Um, when he saw something he was a bit worried about, like, so, so I suppose if he was on a short lead, he would have felt trapped. Um, And if a dog panics on a short lead, that could be, that can be a serious situation. So we just took our time and I let him take it all in. And then we got down to the arena and um, as we walked past, uh, there was a radio station there. So they were obviously playing music on a, on a public address system. Um, So he kind of stopped and we took our time with that and he was sniffing. So sniffing is really important because he had a good sniff of a bush just as we walked past those loudspeakers. Um, So we stopped there for five minutes and let him have a good sniff. And then he kind of carried on. So I suppose what I'm saying is that I allowed him the time to take it all in and stopped every time he stopped and let him sniff. Every time he stopped to sniff, I let him sniff. And we just took our time, there was no rush. Um, and then when we got into the arena and I was giving my talk, so then you know, again, there was a public address system in the actual arena, and I was talking on a mic, um, and he seemed to handle that fairly well. He was just kind of trotting around. So I explained to people that he mightn't play, and you know, if he didn't, it was fine because he was only a puppy and he'd never been in this situation before. So I produced my ball and kind of got him, you know interested and then I threw the ball and to my surprise and joy he went off and retrieved the ball so he was a happy little chappy so I was able to kind of do my little talk and play with him and um I was so relieved that I hadn't destroyed my own dog <laughs> um so so it was all well is that ends well I suppose and Samantha I
0: want to go back to you a bit. you mentioned about how you let him when he wanted to sniff you just let him sniff how important is that for dogs because we all know dogs use their nose to like explore new scents and check things out so how important is it when a dog stops to sniff you actually let them stop and sniff and do what they need to do
1: yeah it's really really important because sniffing um there's a whole variety of reasons for sniffing but in that situation with myself and rascal i mean he was started sniffing just as we walked past the um, public address system and, and the, the, the loudspeaker. So I think that was his way of coping, that he literally stick, stuck his head under a bush and sniffed. And had I pulled him out of that situation, I would have then put him in a situation where he would have lost his trust in me because I would have been dragging him into a situation he wasn't comfortable with. Now, I had already thought that I destroyed his trust in me when he ran under the van, you know, because he got a fright with the other dog. But thankfully, he recovered from that. But had I kind of continued to drag him, that kind of trust would have been, you know, so fragile that it would have broken eventually. So what I suppose I'm really, really aware of is never breaking a dog's trust or ever giving him a reason to not trust me because I'm supposed to be his, you know, his safety zone. And that he's supposed to kind of know that if he's frightened or if there's anything worrying about, worried, if he's worried about anything, that I'm his anchor. So the sniffing was really important because that was his way of buying time and his way of coping and his way of hiding. Because when your head is down and you're sniffing, you're hiding as well. So sniffing is incredibly important. Um, And then with the older dog, it's about, you know, exchange of information and gathering information. But with puppies, it's really about buying time. When they stop to sniff, they're basically saying, give me a minute. Um, and it's really, really important to understand that one.
0: And Samantha, I suppose, like, as we go through our next number of episodes with you, what we're really focusing on here is, I think, really building a bond with your dog. Now, yeah, like, obviously, you have that bond with your dog. And you were worried that you, as you said to yourself, that you that you may have ruined a dog. But, like, mm. how important is it for dog owners to have a, a close, a really close bond with their dog? And, like, how easy can it come for some dogs compared to others?
1: It's, like, it's absolutely essential, Dara. To me, it's the cornerstone of all relationships with all dogs. Because if a dog doesn't trust you, then that it makes it very hard for the dog to have faith in you and to listen to you when you're training it. It's very hard for a dog to run back to you as a source of safety if it doesn't trust you. So if it gets a fright, instead of bolting and running off, ideally it should run to you because you're its safety mechanism and you're, you're the dog's anchor. Um, And then, you know, trust in training is, is really essential. That's why punishment has no place in training because punishment destroys trust. Um, so trust is absolutely essential because if you think about it, dogs are, you know, animals. They're free to do what they want once you let them off the lead. But once you let them off the lead, they're then they can put themselves in danger. They can put you in danger because you're legally liable should that dog do anything. So it's really important that there's a connection between you and, and the dog when it's off the lead. So that's where trust comes in and that relationship comes in because it's that trust that almost acts like a magnet, if you think about it. If you think of trust as a magnet, that's the, that's the thing that will keep that animal connected to you, even when it's off lead and when it's a few feet away from you. And essential that you're the anchor that it run, runs back to, should it get a fright or if it's worried about anything. So when you look at these um, you know, professional dog handlers or anybody who competes with dogs or works with dogs really what you're looking at is the relationship between the dog and the handler. And in, in the best, you know, competitors and the best working dogs, that relationship is rock solid. They adore each other. And, you know, I would love to know that my dogs adore me and I adore them. So it's really about a mutual trust and relationship and, and love, I suppose, you know, I mean, I love my dogs and I would hope that my dogs love me.
0: Yeah, and I suppose, look, I think it's something like that I hope myself that my own dogs love me and I think every dog owner would hope that their dogs of them. But, Samantha, is there any, like, tips that you can give to people to help, I suppose, if they feel that their dog isn't overly trusting them? Is there any tips that you can give to help you to build trust with your dog?
1: It's really important not to correct them or to, especially when they're puppies, because when they're puppies that's when you're building that relationship because when you think about a puppy a puppy is transferring its dependency from its mother to you so you know you're taking over the mother role basically so you know my pup rascal still lives with his mother his mother is here and his father um but yet he has a relationship with me so i've taken over that relationship um, and he has transferred his dependency onto me so i've never given out to him or corrected him or scolded him i've you know because if you start correcting puppies, then they have a reason not to trust you. Um, the other thing that I really try not to do is to ever use the word no um, with their name. So if I need to, you know, stop a dog from doing something, I kind of tend to go or, or you know, I'll try and make a noise to interrupt the behavior rather than saying no. And I will never, ever use a dog's name in a negative fashion. Um, so I never want the dog's name to be associated with negativity. Um, And I never want to give that dog reason to be fearful or distrusting of me. Um, so play is really important. So, you know, as I said, when I when I got Rascal into the arena and I was doing my thing, um, I explained that he might not play in that situation because it was a very challenging environment. Um, But he did play. And that play has been built up between himself and myself you know, since he was whatever, six, seven weeks old. Um, So even though he lives with seven other dogs, there are eight dogs in this house. So even though he lives with a group of dogs, his main relationship is with me. And I always take him out to the paddock and I will play ball with him by himself. So he's learning to play with me. He's not learning that other dogs are playthings. He's learning that his, his biggest relationship in his life is with me. And that's all done through play.
0: And Samantha, next week we're going to talk a good bit more about play and how you can be creative with your dog and, again, building, your, uh, building up on with your dog through play. So we're going to leave it at that for today and we'll come back and talk to you next week about creative ways to play with your dog.
1: Great. Thank you, Dar.
2: Clever Canines on the Big Barrack is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT radio and television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See the caninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information.
0: And thanks again, Samantha, awesome from the Canine College here for joining me today. And chatting a bit about, well, about pups in the pack and about, like... All the different sides of, I suppose, letting your dog sniff and just building trust with your dog, building a bond with your dog. And, well, that's actually all we have time for today. It's been actually quite a long episode and, yeah, so we're going to hit the road. We're going to leave it out for today. And thank you all for listening. If you want to get involved with the all, hit us up on Instagram, best place to catch us. or studio at the If you have an interesting story about your dog, something funny that your dog did, we want to hear about it. We'll actually chat to you about it. Like we'll we'll bring you on and we'll have you chat about it. But we want to hear all the funny stories, the unusual things that your dogs actually do. We want to hear about these for next week's episode. So come on, come on. Give us all the unusual things that your dog does. Maybe your dog climbs a tree, like he thinks it's a cat. Maybe your dog is a complete batshit lunatic. Like a lot of doggies out there. Uh, We might be able to recommend them to Jamie in Trails or Tails... Trails and tails. I got that one right. Trails and tails. Trails and tails. Not trails or tails. Sorry, Jamie. Always oh, get it wrong. Uh but might be able to recommend it because he has quite a lot of lunatics up there. And he might know something to um, actually no, he makes them worse. So we won't be doing that. So uh I still remember meeting a certain uh boxer up there and the amount of scrape marks I had on my um I am forever traumatised uh, about after that, and like, yeah. So, have night, still have nightmares, Jamie, if you're listening over that. Uh, but yeah, that's all we have time for today. I am here throwing a bottle around the room, and I'm waiting to see when Millie come in and catches. it. Uh, I've talked a lot today. I'm throwing a bottle around because it's practically empty, you know what? Because I've drank a full bottle of <coughs> water, yes, water. It is water. Trust me. Uh, oh, don't. Anyway, that's it for today. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. We don't really use it. Find us on TikTok. We don't use that either. So, yeah, just really find us on Instagram. And check out our previous episodes on the Big Bar to E. And from all of us here, we wish you all a very good week. And give your doggies lots of coddles. Is for you. Oh your favorite podcast the big bark with your host dara burke and canine co-hosts bruno and millie the big bark